You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Thank you, guys. I'm grateful. If you don't know why we do things like that, it's not because they're um, trying to help me with self-confidence or... Uh, insecurity, but it's a, it's, we're creating a culture intentionally in cultures. Have you ever heard the phrase that worlds are created with your words? And what we demonstrate will be what, what we're demonstrating is the culture that we're carrying. And so by demonstrating honor for particular individuals, we are demonstrating that we are to honor all people, as it says in the Bible. Everybody has the same value, and Jesus applied it to them. And so when we do that, we're showing you that we're being intentional of what honor looks like, and it's the highway by which all things in the kingdom flow. Uh, it's, it's wrapped in love, but it is not just saying nice things about people, but it's actually seeing them as Jesus sees them. And when I see them as he sees them, I will empower them. I've, I've heard things recently that, that um, I, I think that one of the one of the greatest tragedies of the church world is that we point out um, things that are fact, uh, that are happening, that actually have no power to change people, right? Instead of releasing hope. And so then I just state a fact, which is anybody has eyes to see facts, right? They're the, they're the lowest form of truth and they'll never change our lives. And so why am I going to spend my time just releasing facts and statistics, Right, because I've heard that 100% of statistics are made up. <laughs> right, I mean, they're probably all uh, have a measure of truth to them, but mostly aren't. And so, my responsibility, our responsibility as leaders, pastors, as Christians, is to release hope to a generation who is hopeless. Right, it's not to release to them fact of things that will not do them any good or to point out what other Christians are doing wrong or what they're not, you know, that's not our responsibility. In, in these little intentional acts that God is teaching us of honoring a speaker, not just me, anybody that comes up, and I'm getting ready to honor two of our, our favorite and, and, and valued people that are here, um, but it's, it's, it's showing that this is what we're created to do, not, on, not just on Sunday morning, but every day of my life, I am created, you're created to empower people. Right, We're created to be powerful and raise up powerful people because everybody in Christ is powerful, right? I mean, come on. He's the creator of this whole thing. Like He holds the galaxies in the span of his hand. I mean, like he's, <laughs> he's definitely powerful. And if he lives on the inside of you and I, then we're supposed to be powerful people. All right? And if I'm, not, and if I'm a Christian and I'm not a powerful person, then we get around somebody who, who knows who they are and who will disciple me in truth and will raise me up as a powerful person. It doesn't mean that we don't point out things that are wrong in people's lives at times, but they're always with hope attached to them. You shouldn't be doing this because it's not who you are. Look, this is, you know, and so it's always with hope attached to it out of relationship, not just on Facebook. (laughs) It's a terrible way to confront things that are wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and so we're doing these things intentionally to create a culture. It's not just church on Sunday. It's like God is creating culture. Every, we always say that whatever culture is on the inside of me will be the culture that I create around me. I'll never create a culture in my household, in my place of work, in my friendships and relationships that I don't have on the inside of me. It's impossible. Right? I can only fake it for so long. And then you get very tired, yes. And so I want to honor two of our, now one of them is is on leadership, and the other one is definitely by all means a leader. Um, But Linda and Joe, will you stand up? It's it's your birthdays, and we just want to celebrate you. Yes. 
Neither one of them went this or knew it was going to happen. But Linda leads our, our women's ministry, and she's just been a, I mean, she would, she'd be one of the only people that would show up at times when we did prayer years ago, and, and it would be, you know, five. It would just be crazy early, dark 30 in the morning, and Linda would show up for prayer, like all the time. Now, Linda's like, what? And so thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for how you, you lead our ladies. You're an amazing administrator, um, but just a, pow- a demonstration of a powerful woman. Um, so we're so thankful that you are here helping create culture, uh, empowering not just women, but all of us, and leading by example of somebody who's got crazy faith, like you've got so much faith. So bless you, Linda, uh, and, and just stay standing for just one second, because we're going to pray for them. I don't want to just clap for them. I want to pray for them, even though that was amazing. Uh, Joe, Joe and Arely both lead our uh, healing center. They, they lead our prayer team. Um, so a, a good portion of our ministry they've taken over for the last handful of years and just done a bang-up job and um, learned really early that I don't micromanage people. But they're like, you really let people ha- let go of it. I'm like, well, when you see people are just, you know, you're powerful and responsible and, and you guys are uh, an amazing example of love. Man, I've watched God change your life and the hope and the joy that you're demonstrating is it's just authentic and it's it is shifting things everywhere that you go. It's shifting things here, and you're like you're a, a definitely a pastor of pastors. Like you, you just have that heart of the father for people. You do an amazing job of fathering people well. And uh, man, thank you so much for just laying your life. Both of you, thank you for laying your lives down for the gospel. If you would reach your hand towards them, we just want to pray and bless them. And pray that Holy Spirit just get them real good. And that's my prayer. Holy Spirit, get them real good. On their birthday, we pray that they would have encounters that would take them deeper. That would, sh- would shift even more of their heart posture in, in a greater way to, to increase the capacity that they already have, which is ginormous, but that it would get even bigger. You give them a whole nother tank to hold love, uh, to release love, because they've definitely been faithful in the measure that they've been given. So I bless them both right now. We bless them as a revival world family. We bless them. We say, more God, more God. We pray your glory come upon them, that heavy, weighty kabod stuff that just causes you to sink down in your seat and forget where you're at and wreck you real good. So we pray all day, all day, they would feel and experience the celebration of heaven over them in Jesus' name. Amen. My gosh. It just so happened that not only are their birthdays on the same day, it landed on a Sunday. And so, my, my, my. He's good, isn't he? (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed, but he's changing me. And um, (laughs) I was... I told Aaron, I was like, I think I'm going to run a few laps before I come inside just to tone it down a little. <laughs> I'll just go, ah. But uh, I just, yeah, I'm just excited, and he's transforming me, and, and I'm a work in progress, but it's, um, I'm, I'm way different than I was before, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I'm going to share a truth with you today, a uh, biblical principle, bi- biblical concept that I believe is a kingdom key uh, to transformation. There's so many times that I've heard uh, the message of, and I, I heard it early on in my Christianity, um, where I, I received the gospel. Um, you know, I was in an 8 by 10 room where they told me what to do, what I could do, what I couldn't do. That's what rebellion gets you, right? You're like, oh, nobody's going to tell me what to do, and then you end up in somewhere where everybody tells you what to do. <laughs> when to do it, how to do it, where to do it. And if you don't, they put you in a smaller room. <laughs> That's why, um, you know, shut down COVID. I was like, <laughs> like, this is terrible. I'm like, this is actually way better than, <laughs> than some things I've experienced. Um, I get to be with, with, you know, my amazing wife and my amazing mom-in-law and, and have family time. But, but in those years, and I've heard it since, sometimes not very much <clears throat> in the recent years, but I heard the gospel message with the altar call, do you know 
will you go if you die tonight? Do you know where you're going to be if you die tonight? Um, that's a valid question for salvation, right? But I would follow it up with a question of what, what am I supposed to do if I live for another 50 years, right? Because if all I know is that I escaped hell, I, I will have salvation. But if I don't know that God actually is empowering me to be someone to actually do something from a place of intimacy out of a, the deep, ginormous place of his heart to demonstrate to the world what he looks like through signs, wonders, miracles, encouragement, giving, practical things, spending time with people, all that. If I don't know that, I'll live out of a place that I just believe that I escaped hell and I'll never know that I was created actually to be someone different than what I was before. Right? So, so that's, it's, a valid, it's a valid question with, with not enough information or biblical truth to actually change my life. And so I want to make sure that I always give all of the truth because people's first encounter with the gospel will be their reference point of who God is and who they're supposed to be. It's really important that I show them who he is through the encounters that they have. We, we were in the mall yesterday, and we're doing outreach, and we go into this particular store. Donnie and I are there, and, you know, we're actually shopping. If you're going outreach to the mall, you might want to, you know, you could go in a store, buy something, support local business, do, do, things, do the practical. That's important, right? Especially in these times where businesses have been struggling. And so uh, we were in this particular shoe store. I'll leave unnamed because we have a, a, a shared love for shoes. And uh, it's just a good place to be. He's like, well, you want to go in this shoe store? And I'm like, that's not, it goes without saying, bro, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, I love shoes and there's going to be people in there. And so it's like, you know, it's a double blessing. And we walk in this store and there's this, it's like icy cold, not from the air conditioner, but the atmosphere. And I'm like, and, and sometimes I can um, not know what's going on in, in, the, in the world around me. Uh, not in the sense of being oblivious, but I'm just not focusing on the news. I'm not focusing on the information or the facts that are happening. I'm focusing on this one thing that I'm, I'm going to talk about today. And so it can cause me to what people believe to be oblivious, but what I'm learning actually is helping me be effective in, in, in spreading the kingdom and, and releasing the kingdom everywhere I go. So we walk in this store, and I'm not paying attention to curled current events, what's been happening over the last month, and uh, longer than that, and uh, actually, we're just bringing it to our attention again, and we're getting these looks, right, and I'm like, we get up in line, and I'm like, people are, they don't seem happy that we're here, and they work here, I'm like, I don't understand, you know, we're probably going to buy something, and and then I get it, right, it's like that we're two different, uh, two, two different shades of skin, and uh, I'm like, oh, so there's, there's the tension that's in, there's a racial tension that's in the atmosphere. And, and if you didn't know, it's not just from a person, it actually comes from a spirit that's behind that thing that wants to divide people because it comes from hate, which does not come from God. And so I'm not saying that things haven't happened to solidify this, what the spirit's agenda has been because people have given place to it. Right, fallen people in a fallen world with a lack of love and a lack of knowledge of Jesus, and so then that's what happens: is horrible things happen to people, and, and then their their hate that gets emphasized by this particular spirit gets legitimized, and then it divides people. And God created us to be together, not divided. And so, we, um, so as soon as I feel that, I know what to do. I don't freak out and don't, you know what I mean, don't get afraid. I'm like, who, who's going to be a target for love today? Like, we're going to make sure one of these workers is going to get, get it in a good way. And so I walk up, walk up to this young man, and we get to, you know, I'm like, hey, can we share something encouraging with you? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And so we, um, I said, hey, we're Christians. And he's like, I'm a Christian too. And they all had to wear masks, and he takes his mask off. And uh, I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going down here, but he was just super happy. I'm like, this is amazing. And we start, you know, start prophesying God's heart to him and, and, and encouraging him and empowering him. And he's like, this is, a, he's, his mind is blown by what Holy Spirit's doing, you know. And I'm like, yes. And it's right up by the entrance in front of everybody. All the, bad, all the looks and all this stuff was coming from this particular area. And 
when you're in a store, you're not just there to love on people, but when you love on that person, what it does, even though you may not be intentional in doing it, is it shifts the atmosphere in the whole store and makes it susceptible to Jesus doing what he wants to do there. That's why we are most of the places that we are, is to shift the atmosphere, right? And so after we do this, I'm like, well, can we pray for you? And he says, yeah. And, and you know, like he's got his arm around Donnie, and, and we're, he's, he grabs my hand in handshake position, and we just hold hands that whole time and just release God's glory on him and, you know, in his presence. And it was just a beautiful picture of what God is doing in the midst of all the chaos that's happening is, is the spirit of uni, unity, which is the Holy Spirit, is coming. The reason I share that story with you is because it's important that we know who we are so that everywhere we go, we know why we're there. Like we're not just there to shop, right? We, we could get stuff and that's practical. You're not just at the store to get groceries. And I'm not saying to stop for every person and pray for them, but I am saying that when we know who we are, we're releasing something with every footstep that we take, with every, every, every word that we say. When I say hello, love is being released. When I, when I know, when I do what Nikki was talking about, when I am a good receiver of the love of the Father, which to some seems selfish, but to me makes perfect sense. Because when I let him love me, I'm able to give away everything he created me to. Right? Because I can only give what I've got. And if I can't, if I can't receive, then I can't give. Right? It's, I've got to let him love me. And so in the midst of everything that's going on, I believe that there is a particular truth that we can grab a hold of, that I'm grabbing a hold of, and it is changing my life. And it's so simple. It's so simple. And so let me, um, I'll give you a couple of scriptures that we'll base this off of. And in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, I'm just going to quoted, and I'm going to go to Philippians 3, 13, and 14 also, and I'll quote it, and you guys can write it down or look it over, make sure I'm, I'm giving you accurate truth, but Paul says some, some things that I believe uh, can help us in our journey of transformation, because you and I were, weren't created to be the people that we were before Jesus, like that, that wasn't who we were supposed to be. Everything that we did, we did out of, we're learning this, right? We have been out of a nature that is actually contrary to the will of the Father for, for our lives. It's contrary to everything that, that he actually intended for us because he never wanted the fall of man. It wasn't like he was devising this messed up plan where he knew this was going to happen and then I'll be on a, a rescue mission and then it, you know everybody will think, I'm amazing, but it wasn't his intention, but love gives you a choice. Love gives you a choice, and so love gave Adam and Eve a choice, and they made, they made the wrong choice, but he knew that they were going to, and a good father had already devised plan A of what Adam and Eve would do wrong, and so then he sends Jesus, in comes Jesus, so that we can have a demonstration of what the father looks like and have a role model and have a big brother, and have a Lord and Savior, and have all the things that we need in our life. And He can show us how we were created to actually live, which is in our new nature, and our identity as sons and daughters. And so these particular truths, I believe, that Paul had grabbed a hold of, I mean, if you look at Paul's conversion in and of itself was miraculous, because you see a guy who who consented to murder, who persecuted the church, and in one encounter, his life is forever changed. And so I, I, not only because he, he wrote the Bible, but because of the demonstration of his life, I'm paying close attention to these things that he writes, right? <laughs> it's truth, and it can help me, and I'm pulling keys out of scriptures that I read over before and really didn't pay close attention to them. And Paul says something that I've quoted in Philippians 1.6 for a long time. And it's this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. So that would be easy for me be, to be under the misconception that God is going to do all of the work and that I can just sit back on the couch and live my life as normal and not be actively involved in the transformation process, which would not be the truth. Right? Because we were created for relationship. 
we learn what healthy relationship is by having intimacy or active relationship with the Father. That teaches me not that God is incapable of changing me without me being involved in the process. Don't, that's, I'm not saying that. I am saying that I've learned that it is active engagement through relationship that my transformation gets expedited instead of me sitting back waiting for God to do it. It's equivalent to me asking God to take something from me that I may be doing wrong. God, just take this particular secret sin that I have. And, he, and even though he is fully capable of taking that thing from you, he wants to remind us in moments like that that you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you and you're a powerful person. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And, and what you're doing isn't even actually a part of your nature any longer. And I believe that this is one of the keys that will set us free, is that I am actively involved in this process. And so he points to truth to empower us, because when we became Christians, he didn't have us bend over and dump our brains out, right? He's like, you are, you are a smart, you know, it just rubs me the wrong way when people are like, oh, just dumb sheep, got to you know, basically they're saying God needs to tell you everything to do and you don't have any power to choose and you don't even, you can't even make good choices. Well, my new nature says that I actually can. Everything within my new nature says that I can choose love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, right? Self-control. I can choose all of these things on a daily basis. And God wants to teach us to do those things because he's not interested in controlling you. All right? For example, any of us that have had children that have grown up past teenage years and are now adults, we taught them things when they were younger and helped guide them in truths, hopefully biblical truths. And, and, and you train up a child in the ways of the Lord, and then he, when he gets older, he won't, he won't depart from them, right? That's We've learned that scripture, and it's amazing. Um, but when those children got older, I don't want them calling me to make all of their decisions. I want them to know how to find a good car, to, to find a good deal, right? To be able to make smart investments, uh, to go after their dreams. I don't need them calling me four or five, six times a day, telling me, giving me advice all of the time, because then they've become dependent on me and have never realized how powerful they are. And so creating powerful kids will create powerful adults that they know that they can be led of the Lord. It doesn't mean, I'm not saying that you don't call and get counsel. I'm not saying that, that, that there isn't wisdom in a multitude of counselors on certain decisions. But at the end of the day, even the wisdom in that multitude of counselors, it's still not their decision. It's still yours. And so then you get to the privilege of getting to decide the power of choosing. And when we raise up a generation of people who realize that they actually are powerful, that they can make good decisions because they're made anew in Christ Jesus and they have the Spirit of God, we'll see people making powerful choices, right? Oh, it's good. And so in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Paul says, this is, I, I love this chapter early on. Uh, Brian Cannon helped me memorize this chapter. I... I I just, over and over again, and sometimes when you're memorizing scripture, you have no idea why. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. It just, back then it was probably just see if I could do it, right? I was just shocked I could remember anything. And uh, <laughs> I thought that I had burnt all that up, but that all was made new in Christ Jesus too. And so this particular passage of scripture, I love because Paul talks about everything that he was which actually was something to be proud of in their particular culture. He, 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 the, the pedigree that he had, the, the lineage that he was born into, the position that he held, his education, all of that was something to be proud of. And he says, I lay it all aside to, to know Jesus, in short, right? <laughs> that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. And then in verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. What's he saying? He's saying, if I could expound on it, is that I'm not saying that I am everything that God created me to be yet. 
I'm not saying that I have arrived in the fullness of walking in all that Jesus made possible for me. So he, he is admitting that even though he could brag on his accomplishments, he chooses to point out weakness in his life to give hope to us of showing us that it is actually a transformation process. It doesn't have to be a long process, but it is a process. And so he, even though I know God can zap you in a moment, I'm just not experiencing that in, in a lot of the people's lives that I'm discipling or the people that I know. And so then we put in practical principles of discipleship and then still have the expectation that God can do whatever he wants, right? And so I'm not counting myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I love that phrase right there because Paul says, look, your focus doesn't have to be in 15 different places. Just I do this one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Like he is giving us a key to transformation. And the transformation I'm talking about is the transformation of our minds. It is the single most important issue to be dealt with after knowing that Jesus did what he did so that I could be changed forever and spend eternity with him because we were all created to be eternal, right? We're eternal beings. And so the transformation of the mind. I don't know about you, but early on in Christianity, and I talked about this Wednesday night, and if you didn't hear it, you're, if you did hear it, you're going to get a review, which I believe is good. Uh, but I, I feel like it's important to tag this in here, is that what I thought early on in Christianity is the more truth I consumed, the more I would be changed. It's consumer Christianity, which is not a bad thing. Because we have access to so much truth. Like I've got, I could get on YouTube, I, podcasts, you know, everybody can do a podcast, they're free. Like it's amazing. I love the, all, of, all of the ways that truth can get out. The internet is just jam-packed full of amazing men and women who are releasing powerful truth. Right? You can get trained in anything you want in, in the kingdom. Hopefully in healthy kingdom, but in the kingdom nonetheless. And so I can get all that truth. And then I have the Bible in more translations than I want to read it in. In, every, almost every, in all the kinds of languages, which I only really speak fluently one. Uh, well, I mean, some would, would disagree that it's fluent, but it's, I'm speaking it anyway because <laughs> it's all I know. <laughs> I actually speak another, uh, a couple different dialects of English, too. Uh, at least that I understand. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, one of them's country. Um, but um, <laughs> the other one will leave unnamed. But <clears throat> um, and, and so we, we are, we <laughs> it's fun. It's fun, right? I mean, come on. It's just fun to be in the kingdom. I know not every season is fun, but I'm looking for things to celebrate in, in every season, right? And so we have the ability to consume so much truth, and I thought that's what would change my life. But I believe that Paul is actually stripping it all away, and he's saying, brethren, I forget those things behind me. I feel like there's a key in here, but this one thing I do, I am forget the one thing. The one thing, I feel like he's saying, this is the one thing that will help that Philippians 1, 6 verse. Transformation until, you know, until Jesus comes back. Because we could, should be constantly growing until we breathe our last breath. Like, we're supposed to be here on the planet constantly growing. If I quit growing and I quit being teachable, it's time to go home to be with Jesus. Because I have, I have, I have, I have made the choice to not be influential in the current culture with the kingdom any longer. That's, that's a tragedy, but it's not going to happen to any of you or any of you watching. Isn't that amazing? So he strips it all away, and I believe that he's pointing to this one principle. I'm going to read it to you out of Psalms 1, and I'm going to point to Joshua 1 also. But the first three verses of Psalms is where I believe this principle is. It says, Blessed this is Psalms 1.1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. 
He meditates day and night. It's the same thing that God says to Joshua after he takes over Moses' job of leading the children of Israel into the promised land. And he tells them, he says, this book of the law, it will not depart from you. You are to meditate on it day and night. That's Joshua 1.8. And so he's giving us, remember, God is not ever interested in just telling you and I what to do for the sake of telling us what to do. Of like, you know, that response of after your kid says why so many times, then you just tell them, because I told you so. <laughs> I'm sure no parents are guilty of this and that in this room, but I, I have said it. And so <laughs> I'll confess in front of you. But it, he's not like that. There's always, there's always a, an amazing reason to bring transformation to the life of the person he's telling the truth to. And these particular truths are so that they can bring transformation. He's saying, meditate on the book of the law day and night. In Psalms 1, it says, this man, the blessed man, he meditates day and night on the law. Why? He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. In Joshua 1.8, when he tells him, to meditate on the book of the law day and night, he actually, and he follows it up with why. He says, that you may observe to do all that is in it. He's saying the meditation on the truth will actually transform your mind so that you realize that you have the ability to do what it says you are supposed to do and can do. Does this make sense? And so consumer Christianity versus meditation Christianity is, now I know that meditation is like that. It's got the bad name because it's Eastern religion and all that. They realize that it, it came from God, right? But see, what they do is they empty their mind of things, which I don't even know how, how that happens, but they empty their mind of everything. But God says the opposite. He says, fill your mind with this truth. And so we meditate on one particular truth is what I'm learning. And it's whatever we need in this season of our lives. That it is supposed to be Paul saying, this one thing I do, I forget. That word means not to pay attention to or, or, or give it my power to it, essentially. I'm not meditating on the things that are behind and so what I believe God is asking us to do is to strip away even all of the things that we have learned in this moment or in this season. Not to, I'm not saying forget the good things, but I am saying just meditate on the one thing that we need in this season. Because I thought that I just needed to, to read more truth. Just right, We live in a consumer world. So the more I get, the better off I am. The more money I get, the more stuff I get, the more, 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 more. But in the kingdom, it's opposite. He says, meditate on one truth. It'll be what you need in this season. It'll actually bring the change that you need so that you can effortlessly walk in everything that I created you for. Right? I mean, check that out in, in Psalm 1. He says, he meditates on the law day and night so that he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, right? A tree that's planted by, where's the, it says in Revelation that there's a river that flows from the throne of God. We always say we want to be in the river, right? Where do the roots of that tree go? In the river. What will we be created to do in every season? Be fruitful, right? There's no season that you and I were created not to, to produce fruit in. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter what we're going through. I'm not being insensitive to tough times. I'm just telling us, myself too, that we weren't created not to bear fruit in any particular season. Just because it may seem like it's dry, when I meditate on truth, it's impossible for me to have a dry season because I'm planted by the river, the river of God. Its leaf shall not wither, but whatever he does shall prosper. In Second uh, John, uh, is it Second John? Yeah, Third John two. John prays, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers." What if John was talking about this? 
what if he was, he was pointing back to a key of us actually prospering spirit, soul, and body? What if he was saying, I'm not talking about natural prosperity, even though I'm good with all that, right? Because it takes the kingdom, you know, it takes money to advance the kingdom. But I'm talking about us coming into the fullness of who we are. Because for far too long, we've believed that I'm just saved in my spirit and my soul. I'm just going to have to work it out. And then my body is just bad altogether and should actually be, it's corrupt. It's terrible. My flesh is bad. This flesh, this physical flesh is not bad in and of itself, right? It was my soul that had desires that, that were opposed to actually the will of God, the mind of God, and the things of God. And so I was never created to be that way. So there has to be a key. There has to be truth that I can point you towards that says that I was never supposed to be like this. Because we weren't created to be sinners, even though that's what we became. Because we were born into sin, right? I admit that, right? We, we, we were born. You don't have to teach little kids to be bad. They're just, they just lie. They just hit each other. They just, right? They're just manipulative, right? They cry and see if you're looking, and right? They like, <laughs> come on, they're like, squeeze another tear out. I mean, I know some of us may have done it when we were older too, but it's just, it's just, it's part of the human nature. It's the fallen nature of man. And God always wanted us to be opposite of that. He wanted to give us a divine nature so that we could live out of everything we were created to be. It was his plan. So there has to be a way for all of that to change. Because the gospel that says, I'm just supposed to relocate when I die, is not enough to change the world. Right? Because if it can't change me, it can't change the world. I've said this before, and bear with me while I say it, but if the whole world said yes to Jesus tonight, the world wouldn't change. It's true. Because there has to be transformation in their lives. How many of us, me included, that early on in Christianity, I was just an absolute mess. I cannot believe that God trusted me with anything. <laughs> I would, I would still lie. I was still manipulative. I was still passive aggressive. I still, you know, right? I still would rage out sometimes. And yeah. <laughs> it's true. I had, I had all of these things that were still inside me that I didn't know what to do with. I had no idea. I thought that I would just have to try to keep them under wraps the best I could. And under my own strength, I would just push all these bad feelings down, or I would put more word on top of them. Right? Just. I'll just ignore what this glaring issue in my life, and I'll just keep reading the Bible and putting more truth over top of it, and I hope that it would change. Is it possible for it to change that way? Absolutely. You could be sitting and reading one scripture, and the light could come on, and God could just blast you with the truth, and it could set you free. Because what sets us free? It's truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I know that indicates intimacy. But we can get a truth in a moment that can shift everything. But I'm telling you that consumer Christianity is what I was brought up in. And it did not change me. It did not change my issues. It did not change my character. And, and without there to be a key that we can give people, that we're using ourselves. Because I can only give away what I've got, just like love. I can only impart what's a part of me. Right? I can teach what I know, but I can only impart who I am. And so the truth actually has to create in me identity so that I can give impartation to the people because the atmosphere that's created around me has everything to do with my identity. Because I can try really hard to create an amazing charged atmosphere around me because you may think this is just excitement, but truth is doing this to me. It's not... <laughs> Some of you have watched me for years and you haven't seen this, have you? Some of you were around long enough to, to watch me preach messages that were probably discouraging more than they were encouraging. And there was truth in there, right? But it wasn't empowering people. It was more of a bummer than it was anything. <laughs> if I'm not releasing hope, 
I question whether or not I'm releasing the gospel. Because <laughs> he's the God of all hope. Come on. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> it's the before and after of meditation on the truth, right? A little inebriated up here in the love, right? (laughs) If we ain't having fun, we probably ain't doing church right. But consuming all of the truth that I did, even as a pastor, I'm consuming truth. I'm listening. I'm making declarations. I'm doing all this stuff, which all is important. But this one key I had forgotten. I wasn't paying attention to the fact that I should be meditating just on one truth because I was scared to death that I didn't know enough. As a Christian, you ever felt that way? Like, I don't know enough to share the gospel with people. I don't know. I don't have, I don't have, it, I don't have enough scripture memorized. I haven't read enough. I haven't. I read it to a guy that had read the Bible through more times than I've read the Bible through, and he hasn't been a Christian longer. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like I read, and he was an absolute wreck and mess. And reading the Bible through hadn't changed his life. That's horrible, right? Like, I got a smile on my face because I'm just messed up by God's love. But it is not exciting to find out that people could read the Word and not be changed by it. But you can read it as a history book. You can read it for the wrong reasons of just wanting to be right and prove that somebody else is wrong. You can read it for lots of reasons, but I like to read it in intimacy. (laughs) So while you're reading the Bible through, I may just be focusing on this one scripture. He chose me. (laughs) He chose me. He chose me. He chose me. He chose me. I'm a new creation. I've been going to bed thinking about that. I'm a new creation. Created anew in Christ Jesus. Over and over and over again. Not a whole whole chapter. Memorize whole chapters. But just that one, one thing. Right? He made me accepted. Because he chose me. Those things right there set me free from worrying about what people think. And needing you to like me. And and needing you to accept me. And worrying about what I said to you. And how I said it. That doesn't give me permission to be mean. It actually has changed me into a way that wouldn't even think about me mean to you. It doesn't set me free from the law of love. It sets me free inside the law of love. <laughs> how, many, how many of us know that you don't... If I, what if I just gave somebody one truth? Just meditate on this. When you get saved... Don't, you know, we, what do we do? We point him to the book of John. Read the, okay, go ahead, read. Find out who Jesus is. Do all that. But every night before you go to bed, and every morning when you wake up, meditate on this one truth. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You're like, how's that possible? Look at 1 Peter 1, 23. It says, now that you've been born again of incorruptible seed. We're all old enough to know where babies come from, right? And so there's a seed. Come on. We, we, like, I don't have to go any further, right? Like, I didn't pay attention in health class, but I got that. We were all born of seed. And in this scripture, it says you were born of incorruptible seed, which means it was divine seed. It was Holy Spirit seed. It was immaculate conception in a moment that happened at our new birth. We were born again, which means there had to have been a seed so that there could be a son. And then when there's a son, there's a brand new person. And so you and I are created new in Christ Jesus. It wasn't a fixer-upper. It was like a whole new tear it down, get rid of the foundation, like get the bulldozer in there, and we're making this whole thing new. Like we're putting a basement remodeling this baby. Going to be four stories with a closet as big as I want that will be just mine for shoes. Like it, oh I snuck that in there didn't I? (laughs) Right, come on now. (laughs) Now I'm preaching to some of you. 
we are created new by immaculate conception by the Holy Spirit. And when I meditate on that truth, it's not enough to read it. When I meditate on it, it actually rewires my brain so that it's the first thought that comes to my mind. And then what it does is it transforms me. Because Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So transformation comes by me renewing my mind. It's not complicated. That's why I'm getting it. <laughs> it's true. Like, <laughs> some of us are really grateful that the gospel's simple, aren't we? Come on. I'm really grateful that the gospel, because if it would have been some you know, you'd have to have really high education, and it, like I wouldn't have got there. But he made it simple so that we could digest the truth. Right? We digest the truth. And so I want to I close with this. I don't want to close, actually. I just want to keep going. My gosh, he's good. Is this making sense to you? I know we're having fun, but in the midst of, of fun, you know, before they do surgery, uh, and, and like oral surgery or any kind of surgery, they give you laughing gas sometimes, or there's anesthesia that takes place. <laughs> I've never been under any of that stuff, though. I hit the nitrous a few times, though, but that wasn't, I was outside the dentist's office. Don't do that. <laughs> you know what I was thinking when, when Sam, when Samantha was, uh, our amazing daughter was singing that song, that just that little part of uh, who's laughing now. <laughs> I was thinking of how the devil had us, right? Had some of us just cornered, trapped in, imprisoned. <laughs> and he may have been able to chuckle sometimes, right? But who's laughing now? <laughs> it ain't him. <laughs> my plan for all my life is every time I go to make him cry. <laughs> make him run. He's already afraid. And when you and I meditate on truth, and we actually be transformed into everything we were created to be, it is impossible for him not to leave the scene. Because he's seen what a son and a daughter looks like before. And he doesn't want anything to do with it, right? He knows. He knows he has no authority in that situation. He has no power in that situation. It's game over. He has to leave the scene when somebody who knows who they are steps into the room or into a situation or between this couple or with this one person, whatever it is. That's why everywhere we go, atmospheres shift when we were actually walking in our new nature. Because you and I weren't created to be tormented by him. We were created to torment him, right? That's why, I mean, he used to be the worship, he used to be the worship leader of heaven. And what's, what's God say? He's, he says, I'm going to make a whole bunch of people who actually their whole life is worship to me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you can see Satan like, what are you going to do? Now you kick me out of heaven. Who's going to lead worship? He picks up a handful of dirt. He's like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> now what? I mean, you got to be dumb to talk back to God anyway, but we're the answer, right? It's so good. So let's end with this, or try to. <laughs> the Spirit of God at the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> I'm reading Genesis. I couldn't even get past Genesis 1-1 the other day. I'm like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, when truth transforms you, it's not just certain things that excite you. It's just the whole thing. 
right? <laughs> we're going shopping for, you know, cabinets or what? You know, we weren't backsplashes and tile and all this stuff. And we're excited about that. It's just life. You're excited about life. And I don't want to be insensitive to anybody that's going any, through anything tough, right? I realize that you're like, I don't have any excitement right now. This is, and some of you to laugh even right now may be a big deal. And so I'm super proud of you to even entertain the opportunity of, or the, the, yeah, entertain just laughing at all. <laughs> For some of you, it's normal. But sometimes we can have the misconception that everything is going right in somebody's life. That's why they're excited or that's why they're happy. That's so not true. <laughs> we can list off a, a, a bunch of things that could stress us out, freak us out, make us worry, all those things. But it's, I'm, I'm forgetting those things that are behind, not just in the past, but those things that are in my peripheral vision that aren't intended to be my focus in this season. And what it does is it's not that mentality of all just act like it's not there, so it's not happening. That's not true. That's irresponsible. We're not teaching people to be irresponsible. That's not good godly character. That's like teaching you to pray three hours while you're at work in the bathroom. That's just robbing your company of money. That's like... You know, pray while you work and let it make you a better worker and more effective. <laughs> right? Come on. That's, that's what is, that's the gospel. My example. And so I'm not denying that problems are there, but when I focus on the one thing that God wants me to focus on in this season, what it does is it causes me to be more effective in all those other situations. Because I see them from the perspective that I'm supposed to. That's why I can laugh because God, the highest perspective to have, Psalms 2-4, God laughs at the plans of the enemy. And so the highest perspective is the perspective of joy that says, no matter what you're bringing at me, I'm going to laugh about it. Because I know that it wasn't, no matter what season I'm in, it was never created. Life was never supposed to speak louder than truth in any season of my life. Right? I stole that from Dan Muller, but it's just good. Life was never supposed to speak louder than my new nature. And if I still react poorly, which I can in a situation or in a conflict, I can react poorly for a moment, but don't focus on the fact that you reacted poorly. Realize that there's still growth that needs to happen, but in the midst of it, celebrate the progress. Because you're somewhere that you never were before. You're growing in places that you, you've never been. Like you're a powerful person. You're actually, you're more joyful than you used to be. You have more peace than you did. There's situations that don't affect you that used to, right? You're free from things that you used to not be free from. You think different than you used to think, right? You're not afraid of things that you used to be afraid of. When you see somebody now, you think about praying for them, and some of you actually just like literally attack them with love. Those are things that you never, bit, you never did before. So celebrate progress because that's what the Father does. He celebrates progress, not perfection. He's not looking for perfect. He's looking for relational people who will live out of intimacy and love well so that we can demonstrate what he looks like to the rest of the world. That's what he wants. Right? You could be intentional on just loving somebody and hugging them and see them healed and made whole in a moment. Whew. All right. <laughs> Second closing. Genesis 1. <laughs> or is it the third? <laughs> but Gen <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm declaring that. <laughs> What is, I, <laughs> we need to hook a tow truck up to this thing to make it move. What is the truth? I believe that before the end of, of me closing and praying, whenever that is here in the next few minutes, that the Holy Spirit, if he hasn't already, is going to reveal the truth to each one of us that we need in this season. The one truth, what is it? Now, I'll list some amazing ones off, and you can take one of those or the other million that there are in the Bible. Whatever you need in this season, what is it that you're facing? 
right? It's simple, something that you, you can memorize, something that you can meditate on day and night so that you can prosper spirit, soul, and body. Because what if, like Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep, right? What was the deep? It was chaos. It was chaos. He was waiting for the Father to say, let there be. And then there was, because he is the one that put into action the word of God. And he still does. And so what if when the Spirit of God came upon us, that when there's chaos that's in our minds, that's not accurate to the description that the Father has laid out of who we are as sons and daughters in the word, what if the Spirit of God is waiting? He's waiting for us to meditate on that one truth that says, like Ephesians 4.23, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You are be like God. What if it's the same language? What if he's waiting for us to meditate on that truth so that he can bring the chaos of our minds that oppose our new mind of Christ and bring it into proper working order so that we can live out of everything that we were created for? Come on. Just that one truth. That one truth. You want to know how this happened to me? One truth at a time. One truth at a time. That's it. That's how it's going to continue to happen to me. I'm, I'm just believing. This isn't just an exceed, a season of being excited about, about the word and about what God's doing. This is a lifetime. Me and Jesus got something worked out already. <laughs> I'm going to be old and gray, and he's gonna, they're going to be like, where'd that guy get all that energy? <laughs> Meditating on truth. <laughs> Meditating on truth. Because I can give you facts. I can give you my opinion and counsel and in preaching and teaching and all that stuff, and they'll never change you. I can give you truth, and the Spirit of God can move upon that, right? Because it's God-breathed, God-inspired written by the hand of God. Everything in this 66 book love letter. It's God. It's all God. It's so good. So let me list off some of these as I get ready. If you want to go ahead and stand and I'll close faster because of the mercy, the high mercy that I have. some truth. I'm just going to list them off. Grab a hold of one if if Holy Spirit hasn't revealed anything to you or you just want to grab a hold of it and add it. Add to the list for next time. (laughs) He loves me and he likes me. He loves me and he likes me. (laughs) I've heard this phrase that's said about pastors of, of they said ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. I said, man, that, that came from a burnout pastor that needed to take a vacation. <laughs> I'm like, please don't say that anymore. People aren't your problem. They're, they're, they're actually part of your destiny. <laughs> but, he, but if I'll think they're my problem, if I think he thinks I'm his problem, that he's just putting up with me. Because you ever said, well, I can love them, but I don't have to like them. I don't really know how you separate the two. I cannot like what they're doing, right? But he loves us, and he likes us. He loves being around you. He loves being with you, and he likes you. <laughs> it's so good. He chose me. Come on. He chose me. I've been born again of incorruptible seed. It takes us back to the very whatever you want to talk about, you know, my family, my lineage, my generational curses, that right there, that truth right there breaks all that. Incorruptible seed, I've been born of it. No longer blaming family and whatever I've been going through, right? Mm, I'm not a victim of of where I came from. (laughs) I'm a powerful person because of truth. Come on, he made me accepted. If I'm scared of rejection, that truth right there. He made me accepted in the beloved. He did it, not me. Oh, I am a new creation. I'm a powerful person. I'm holy because he's holy. I have all I need because I have Jesus. He completes me. I'm God's masterpiece. 
I'm God's masterpiece. I am valuable. <laughs> valuable. Valuable. Man, he sings over me. Love songs. He gave everything for me. He's in love with me. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. Whatever fits you. Any attribute that you need of your new nature. Any poor choice that you may be making or any sin that may be in your life. You go back to one of these truths. Whatever it is. You can meditate on it. And then it doesn't come about, I'm going to stop doing this because I'm going to try harder. It actually, I'm going to be free from it because I was never created to do it in the first place. Come on. We, you are powerful people in Christ. We all are. And so, Father, I thank you that you're releasing truth right now. That you're releasing the specific truth that every person needs to meditate on, that we all need to meditate on in this season. Meditate on day and night. If we have to set an alarm or set a reminder in our phone or, or write it on post-its or whatever it is that we need to do, help us, Holy Spirit, to choose to meditate on truth day and night. Thank you that in the midst of this, it's going to help us to not focus on the things in the peripheral, the things that are created to be distractions, the, team, the things that are sucking our time, the things that aren't, aren't empowering us. Thank you that you're helping us not to focus in on those, but you're helping us to meditate, focus on the one thing that we need to, whatever that is. Yeah, thank you that we are going to begin to acknowledge your presence more than problems. <laughs> We're going to focus in on the presence more than the problem, which is going to help us to see the problem with your eyes and to bring godly wisdom, heaven's order, and the kingdom ultimately into every situation. Thank you that when every person in this room, every person that's watching online prays, things shift. The atmosphere shifts. Things are changing because they're releasing the kingdom that's on the inside of them. Thank you that the fear of what will or what won't happen is disintegrating under the weight of your perfect love. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for empowering every person in the room in their identity in this season in new ways in deeper ways. And I just declare over them, this is going to be the best season of their lives. The most growth in their lives. The most intimacy in their lives. The fear of intimacy is no longer going to even be a thought in their minds. Anybody that's struggling with that. But now it's going to be something that they run towards. Run to. It's going to be the thing that they focus on the most. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I just declare, world changers are watching this. World changers are in the room. They're changing the world by your love and power. So thank you. And what we started this with, and Nikki doing announcements, that was definitely by divine appointment and what she said. I thank you that every person is going to be able to let you love them just the way you want to. Yeah, thank you. That We're going to take moments throughout our day and just say, here I am, Father. You can love on me. Here I am. You can love on me. And I thank you that as we do this, it's going to shift the way that we think. Not only making us better receivers of love, but people who release love effortlessly in every situation, in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Prayer team, you want to go ahead and come up. And I really feel like there's truth that's been released. If, God, if Holy Spirit released a truth to you that you need to meditate on this season, will you raise your hand just to, to help me to see... Anybody that got something, come on. Okay. 
Good. If you didn't get something, you may already have something that you've, that you've been meditating on. Or maybe you'll get something in the next few minutes or sometime today. God's faithful to answer that. He is. Man. So if you need prayer for anything, you need healing, you need, there's nothing off the table. Prayer line up here is always a smorgasbord of whatever people need. <clears throat> Don't leave the building with, with pain or, or something you're suffering through without somebody partnering with you in prayer. We just want you to know we're so grateful for you. We're grateful we get to be in your life, speak in your life, and that you would come today and just join in what God's doing all over the planet, right? Isn't it amazing? He's so good. So we celebrate you with heaven and pray that this week would just be off the charts as you meditate on truth of what it would do. It's really, it's going to, for some people, it's going to crush disappointment. It really is. It's going to get rid of it. You're like, how do I get rid of this disappointment? Meditate on truth and I can't focus on it. And it just destroys, it gets into that place that they sing about. I dance on it. <laughs> and start singing, who's laughing now? <laughs> Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So if you don't need prayer, please say, say hi to somebody that you don't know. Introduce yourself so you can get to know somebody that you never met before. We pray that you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.